thank you for choosing iChurch Sermon Podcast. We invite you to get ready, get ready, get ready for what God has to say to you today. I want to show you something real quick. I want to show you something real quick. I'll show you a couple of stuff. I'm not speaking in tongues, guys. I'm speaking in Spanish, okay? Pastor Chu. I want to show you something. This doesn't have to do directly with my sermon, but it, it was hitting me and mind-boggling me. And I wanted to, you know, it's just, it's just coming into my mind and I want to show you something. Um, just give me a second to gather my thoughts. I want to show you a principle that, that you live and that's normal in your life, but that you may not fully grasp. And I want you to try to fully grasp it. There are times, have you ever heard, how's the cup? Is it half full or half empty? Have you heard that? Well, watch this on half full, half empty. We're on the series called Sex, right? And we're talking about we're talking about sex not being great. How things are, some things are right and some things are wrong. We've talked about good sex. We've talked about bad sex. We've talked about we've talked about sex and dating for two weeks in a row. And I, I left one out, which is the last class of dating, which today I'm not going to go totally into it, but I'm going to touch a little bit about it. Um, of who to date is what we're talking about. We talked about the need of finding the right person in your life. But but as I as I prepare for today's message, and many things go through my mind, this is the main thing that goes through my mind. What goes through my mind, I'm a, I'm a water lover, I guess. I, I don't know. People like Gatorade, people like Coke, people are like, I mean, I have a brother in our 947. He's, he's, he's hooked on Sundrop. And, and, and look at him right there, Eddie Hudson. I'm not, I'm not going to say who he is, though, okay? But he's hooked on Sundrop. And, and it's, like, it's like Sundrop is like, like, like his, his, he's, he's addicted to it. Oh, no, he's water today. Okay, thank you very much. God's working. I am God's working. God's working. And here it is. I'm, I'm, hooked, on, I'm hooked on water. And it's just like, I need water all the time. But check, check the problem out. Have you ever wanted water really, really bad and you're, like, you don't have enough or you left your water bottle in the car and the water bottle just got warm and you can't take a sip out of it, but you really, really want water? Have you ever had those moments where you just wish you had water? Like I walked into the Walmart the other day and I'm super thirsty and I really wanted water. And, I, and, and I'm like, I told my daughter, I'm going to grab water. And I even opened it up before paying. I just started drinking through all the store. But, you know, those moments you really, really crave. But here's... Where am I going with all this? Just, just follow me. If you're visiting for the first time, you may be thinking, what's wrong with this preacher? I'm ADD. Yes, I have a short period of attention, and, and I'm hyperactive, and I move, and I switch. Just bear with me. I promise. It's Watching me preach is almost like watching the, room, the movie Rain Man, if you've never seen it. Watch Rain Man. It's, it's a crazy guy, and he, but it makes sense at the end. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Somebody comes up to you and says, says, hey, I have this need, and I have this. You say, well, listen, if you pray and you come to God, and I tell you, man, just keep on praying, and don't worry. God's going to work the situation going to be okay then you went to work and at work you found somebody and somebody said hey what's up dude you say man i'm okay how you doing you say you're doing okay well i'm having trouble at home but i think it's going to be okay and you pour into that person then there's other people that come up to you and they want from you but they just want very little and you say hey how you doing all right how you doing how you doing you doing all right yeah i'm doing okay good man all right all right all right good nice to see you nice to see you too you know then there's other people that you know they just these are people that when you know they constantly come up to you and you have them in your life they may be at school and 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 you walk into them and and it's like man I went through so much last night, and you know, and it, yeah, man, you know, yeah, and it, I mean, just you know, you really have to pour into their life. It's like you're like all your energy and your Facebooking and your your Twittering, and and they call you, and it's, it's this person that you know when the phone rings, you're going to be on the phone for at least 45 minutes. You know, you know, it's not going to be less than that. You just have to pour. And then there's other people you see in church that that you know they're they're with you, and 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 you speak into their lives, and they kind of speak into your lives. You're like, how you doing? I'm doing okay. And then you say, so so so, how you been feeling? Well, I've been feeling all right. I've been feeling all right. And then they say, and how about 
you? You okay? Yeah, man. And how's your finances? My finances are doing okay, man. I got you in prayer. I got you covered. Yeah, yeah, boy. All right, man. When you need me, just let me know. And then you pour back into your eyes. And these are the give and take relationships. These are the people you kind of like around you because you invest in them and they invest in you at the same time. So it's a mutual relationship. Is I give to you, but you give back to me. It may be your wife. It may be your husband. This may not be your situation, but you're there pouring into them and they're pouring into you. At the end of the day, you don't know who really poured more into each other because that's somebody you call a friend. And then, then you have this other, then when you, you know, then, then, then there's other people you invest in them and they give back, but unfortunately they don't give back enough. Just give a little tiny bit and they feel that little bit is as much as you did. And what you don't realize is that by the end of the day, you're empty. I want to talk to empty people who have tied up to the wrong person. I want to talk about this feeling right here. I want to talk about that emptiness inside. I want to talk to people who, who are willing to help everybody around them and listen to people and fulfill everybody's expectations of you. Listen, pay attention. You fulfill everybody's expectation of you. You do everything, but this, this is you right now. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to those people who have walked into the sanctuary or sitting here right now, and you feel you have been sucked out of your life, and you feel that you, there's, no, there's nothing you could do to make another person happy. There's, I mean, you're, you're, you come down to zero, and you're like, man, I don't hate life, but it's, I really feel empty this moment. I want to talk to you. Because here's the problem. Everybody else, they got a piece of you. But you know what I'm worried about? I don't, I don't worry about this because this is my lifestyle. This is what I do for a living. I invest in other people's lives. What I'm worried about is you. That's what I'm worried about today. See? See, you're, you're, you've done all this. How about you? Let, let me illustrate this to you in a certain way. There's moments you run out of this water of life, right? You run out of these expectations. Jesus Christ in John chapter 4 from verse 1 all the way down to verse 18, the Bible tells us a story about Jesus Christ. And he's walking by this city called Samaria. And when he walks into Samaria, he walks into it. And he finds this woman at a well. And the story is really, really cool. It's this powerful story that actually talks about Young United. It talks about it. Someday I'll teach you why it talks about it. But, but it walks, he walks up to this woman in the well and this woman standing at the well and she's Samaritan he's a Jewish Jewish and Samaritan don't speak because there's a big war amongst them because Samaritans are descendants of Ishmael if I'm not wrong I might miss up that story but I believe they are and 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 well they're then if not Ishmael they are they are part of descendants that rebelled against God and they were pulled away from the people and now there was a rivalry amongst them it was like a college rivalry they just didn't get along at all so so Samaritan women were considered like half Jews they were kind of garbage you know you don't touch them they we're part of our descendants. And Samaritans would say, no, we're part of the promised land just like you. They would say, no, you're not. So they wouldn't talk. It was just unlawful. And then Jesus Christ is walking with his disciples and he's hanging out with the boys and he tells the boys, okay, you guys, guys were hungry and they go, to, they go to the city to buy food. And he sits down. He sees this woman by the well and she's a Samaritan and apparently she's a sexy Samaritan. So she's there by the waters and, and you know, she's just, she's just, she's, she's there and she's pulling out water. Pastor, why do you think she was sexy? I'll prove it to you in a minute. She was, she, she, this woman was hot. In some way she was hot. And, and, and and she was getting water out of the well and we don't relate to this but she'd have to throw a bucket with a rope and she'd have to or with a jar and she'd have to go all the way down if it was a if it wasn't a deep well she would have to literally do this and go into the well and put her 
her, 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 her big jar in there and she would have to pull out the water. You know, some of them would pull little pieces out and fill a big jar. And then the woman, that was part of the woman's daily task. She would have to take the jars and then walk all the way back home because there was no pipes of water going to the house. So here's this woman and Jesus Christ walks up to her and when he stands by her, he says something to her and it's really cool. And I'm going to actually read it out of the Bible. I don't have it in my notes, but I'm going to go in the Bible to it. It's John chapter 4 verse, verse, um, I'm going to start at verse 13. Jesus said to her, um, you know, she, he says, he says, hey, give me water. And she says, she says, you're talking to me. I'm a Samaritan woman. We shouldn't talk. Um, what do you, what do you, what, when, where is your, what do you mean give me water? And then he turns to her and says, give me water. And she says, I'm a Samaritan. Well, you shouldn't be, what are you talking about? So in my mind, she thinks Jesus is trying to hit on her or trying to get it on. And then he goes to verse 7, 13, and Jesus answers, you know, he turns to her and, he, and they're talking. The conversation is going on. And he says, he says in verse 10, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who I was, you'd be asking for me water because I got fresh living water, man. It's eternal. And then she turns in verse 13. I'm going to read out of the message version. She said, everyone, Jesus said, everyone who drinks water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks from the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artisan spring within gushing fountain of endless water. He turns to her and he says, you I'm asking you for water and you won't give me water. If you knew who I was, you'd ask me for water because I got it under control. If you get the water you give me, I'll drink it and I'll be thirsty in a little while. I'll run out of it. I'll run out of it. But if you came to me and asked me, I have this specific water. It's miraculous. When you drink from it, you never get thirsty again. It's a gush. And why don't I get thirsty? He says, because it's a gushing fountain of water that just flows and flows and flows and flows. So now you got to understand, she's gone from tripping. She's on a trip now because she's gone from, from, man, I really, really, really thought he was hitting on me or trying to get over on me but now he's actually telling me he's got a secret of somewhere where I won't have to carry these big pots of water and walk home somewhere where I could drink water and it'll keep on coming it's like an internal cup you know you drink and it's there and you drink and it's there and you drink and it's there I mean just picture yourself in that scenario for a minute guys picture yourself with a bottle of water inside your car that you never have to fill up again never imagine picture yourself with with a cup a specific cup of water that no matter where where you go, you're drinking the same cup. And no matter where you go, every day you're drinking. And people are like, hey, when are you going to refill? I don't have to refill. It's there eternally. It so she's, she's thinking physically about this cup. And she turns to him and she says in verse, in verse 15, she says to him, sir, give, give, me, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty again. Give it to me and I won't ever have to come back to this well ever again. And he said to her, when she says, when she says, come on, give me this bottle of water that will never run out. Give me this bottle of water that I'll always have. Give me the solution. She he turns to her and he says to her, this is what he says to her. And I'm going to flip to NIV. He turns to her in verse 16. He says, okay, here's the condition. Go and call your husband and come back. And I could imagine in my mind when he says, he's sitting down. He says, all right, you want that water? Um really easy go and get your husband and come back now you got to understand this woman's afflicted because she Jews saw Samaritans as cheap women and they shouldn't talk and now she has to answer and say the truth and the truth is she doesn't have a husband 
but she doesn't want to tell him because she doesn't have one. She's hot. She has many. <laughs> Verse 17, she turns and says, I have no husband. She got off the hook. She says, I, I don't have a husband to see if he'll stay quiet. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Verse 18, the fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you have now, he's not even your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Pastor, where are you going with this? If you hook up with the wrong person in your life, if you hook up, you are the average. You are the average of the six to eight people that surround you. Check it out, guys. You are the average of the six to eight. Tell me who's surrounding you, and I'll tell you who you are. Do you have bloodsuckers? Do you have people that pour a little bit into you? Do you have people that you have no relationship with? Do you have people that it's kind of a give and take? Who surrounds you right now? Who are your best friends? Who are you dating? Who are you hanging out with? Who's your wife? Who are your coworkers? Tell me who you are hanging out. Tell me who is the crowd you're with. Tell me at work, who are your coworkers? I don't mean the guy who works on the table next to you. I don't talk about the guy who works on the desk across from you. I'm saying the people you see constantly, the people you converse with, the people you have lunch with. Tell me who they are, and I will tell you how you are. I will tell you what your condition is. So when you feel, and listen, you could come to church and be in church, and you could be in church with the wrong people. Pastor, I can't be. Yes. You could be in church with the wrong people. And you have to be very careful because you have to tell me who surrounds you and I'll tell you who you are. I'll, you know why? Because if you have blood-sucking, soul-sucking people around you, all they do is live off of you and they're parasites that leech off of you, there'll be a moment you're going to be anemic because you're pulling all the nutrients out of you. Now, I have no problem with helping those that surround me. The problem is that some people aren't wanting to receive my help. They're wanting to actually kill me in the process, and I have to be very careful. So tell me who you are with. See, Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you a gushing fountain of water that will never run out. He says, but on the contrary, let me tell you what your condition is. Who's your husband? And she turns and says, no, I don't have a husband. He says, right, because you've had five. You've paired up with five wrong people in your life that suck your blood out. They've, they've made you the woman you are. You're at a well, and now you're sleeping with somebody who isn't even your husband. Why? Because you paired up with the wrong person. You are with people that are draining you constantly. You know, there's this Bible verse that I want to share with you. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. This is what the Bible says. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For whatever, for what what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Let me show you something real quick. Frankie, can you bring it up here a minute? Bring up here. I want, you, I want to show you something. I need somebody tall in the room. Somebody really tall. Who's pretty tall here? A tall young man or a young woman that will be my volunteer. A tall young man or a young woman that will be my volunteer. Thank you, Mike. Come up here, Mike. Thank you. So we don't waste time. I'm going to bring a really tall man up here for a second. And 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 then I, I, want, to, I want to do something with this really tall man. Come on, where, where's Frankie? Okay, okay, um, okay. It was like big, big, big two by fours, real long ones, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll use this. We'll use this. Let me show you something, all right? I want you to put this on your back for a second right there. Okay, and I want you to grab this, and I want you to hold it 
like that. You got it? Move it a little bit over. Can you hold it with your shoulder there? I want you to hold it, okay? And I want you to stay in that position for a while. It's really comfortable, right? Okay, now I put these two by fours on his shoulder and I have him in a really comfortable position. And I want you to see the process of what I'm about to teach right now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to grab somebody like Karen. Karen, come over here a minute. Come over here, Karen. I want to bring Karen up here. And Karen, Karen is not so tall, right? Except today, she would, can you, does it take a long time to take those heels off? Okay, because she's cheating. She brought heels on today, okay? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you what this Bible verse is trying to say because preachers have preached it to you and they've taught you the wrong thing. And I want you to kind of understand that it goes way beyond just a, a, a person with a different doctrine, even though that's what it's focused for. But it actually teaches you much more than that. What it teaches you is an ox. See, when you had an oxen, you have this. See, now I have, now I have, and I have, here you go, see? I have, now. Now I have, if, now some of you are already like, I know where he's going with this. Watch this. The Bible says, do not unite in different yokes. That's what the Bible says. The Bible said, do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. If you pair up with the wrong person, look what's going to happen. If you pair up with the wrong person, you're going to end up empty. Why? Because there's no combination. I'm trying to yoke these two together for a minute, okay? So I need you to do the same exact thing he's doing from there. Okay, now you guys say slick, it worked. No, no, stay there. You did it. Now you hold it. You united with the yoke. It was slick. Why? Because to those that are listening online or, or, or hearing it, what happened was that, that, that Mike, who's very tall, six something, stood next to a girl who's about four or five. 410 and what happened was that Mike wanted to share the stick with her the two by six so he he squatted down now to those that do squats or ever tried a squat or been an athlete a squat position for quite a while it comes really tight on your thighs and it starts hurting and the problem is that when you yoke to somebody the only way you could be even with somebody who's unevenly yoked with you is if you go down to their levels or they jump up to your levels if you go down to your levels, it comes a moment, it's going to take a toll on you. See, now she's kind of fine, but he's kind of in pain right now. And he's feeling it because he did, she wasn't at his level. Now he's about to give up. Look, I can see sweat starting. He's starting to crack a sweat. Why? Because it's hard for him to be in this position because he is yoked with the wrong person. Now here it is. If she says, yeah, but I love you and we're going to be eternally together and I want to do it for your benefit then he goes back up to his position and she's got to start trying to reach it constantly and constantly and she's never gonna make it no matter how hard she's trying so you got come on you're hurting him it's supposed to be on your shoulders make it to him a little bit higher go on go on go on go on there you go there you go see and now now you see how unevenly yoked they are okay guys thank you now let me show you this put up a picture for me on screen i want to show you guys a picture of what difference of yoke means i want to try to show you how it is see in the old times what would happen was that they would grab a big yoke is that big thing on the back of the ox and when you pair them up wrong see this would be mike round that would be karen right there see and what happens is one drags the breast out of the other this is what happens guys you were like this, and when you get into a different yoke, it sucks it all out of you. It sucks it out of you. 
sucks it out of you, just sucks it out of you. doesn't matter if it's your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife. Oh, pastor, don't say that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I'm married with a Christian woman who loves God, and everybody thinks it's just when she's not a believer. Yes, it applies mainly, and it's speaking to not marry, to not hook up with somebody who's not in the same Christian belief of you. Because when you do that, you're going to regret it all your life. At some point, you're going to have kids, and your kids are going to, you're going to want to execute faith on them. And you can when you hook up with somebody, you got to make sure, when I say hook up, let's be clear, I'm not talking about sex without marriage. I say, I'm talking about when you get ready to engage somebody or marry somebody or live with somebody or be a partner with somebody in a business or you're ready, ready to hang out with somebody in school. Whatever your situation is at work or wherever it is, you got to come to an agreement to understand that you are yoked to somebody who is going to be able to your same spiritual, emotional stature. Think about it. You would never, if you marry somebody and you hate their laugh and you hate their laugh you hate the way they laugh you just hate it they're like <laughs> every time and every time you're watching tv and something comes out and all of a sudden also imagine imagine it you're married and your wife goes <laughs> every single time i'd probably end up in jail i'd kill her you know it just drive me crazy I, I couldn't i would not be able to put her. pastor what are you saying because it's different yoke so we understand that physically but we don't apply that emotionally or spiritually you have to apply it in your emotions and your spirit too. Does the person spiritually team into you? Does the person emotionally team into you? Jesus was at the well. And he turns over to him and says, no, you haven't had one, but you've had five. You're teaming up with the wrong people. I'm speaking to you. You're teaming up with the wrong people. And if you team up with the wrong people, listen, all the college students, all high school students that are in this room, all single people in this room. When you team up, for this fact, all adults that are in work areas, the same thing applies to you. Who are you tying yourself into? Where are you at? Pastor, I came in this morning and I kind of feel like this. Right, because you got the wrong job. Is that it? Because you're with the wrong crowd. It's not your people. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm supposed to have only my people and not be a people to everybody. No, you're a Jew to a Jew. You're a Gentile to a Gentile. You, you help and you bless anybody that surrounds you. I have no problem with that. You just got to be careful. There's a difference between me saying hello and goodbye and there's a difference between me pouring into your life. There's a whole big difference into it. You got to be careful. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that what you need to do is understand that Jesus was telling this woman, if you come to me, I will give you water. And it will be a gushing fountain of water that will never stop. I will flow into your life. I will, I will pour. God's saying, I will pour. If you come to me, Jesus is saying, if you come to me, I'm going to pour into your life. And you're never going to run out of water. And you know why that's important? I can't run out of water because I have to keep on giving. All your life, you're going to have to keep on giving. If you want to be successful in life, you have to be giving. Giving is a principle of blessing. And you have, but you can't give if you don't replenish. Listen, you cannot give if you don't replenish. If it's you giving out all the time, you cannot replenish. You will run out. You will run dry. I don't care how mighty and spiritual you think you are. You are going to dry up. And I'm speaking to all the dried up people in this room that know that things are not working out the way you expected them. You came to church, and I'm speaking to you right now. Now listen up. Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you this water, everlasting water. Let me take the end of the story in case I don't get time to tell you later. The woman ends up 
telling her, I want it. Save me. I want this. I want it. I'll give up. She surrenders. She opens her heart up. She, she just, she becomes vulnerable. She says, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. I need it. I need it. I know I'm wrong. Help me. Help me. I'll mess up. She was, she was humble enough. Her pride didn't come in the place. She says, help me, help me, help me. And what happens is this woman turns into a prophet, and then she goes into her town, and she starts speaking about God. Her city revolutionizes, and worship starts there like you would never imagine before. So God uses one woman because she opened up her heart, and she says, here I am. You need that living water. So here, here's my closing statement. Closing, yes. Oh, just about, kind of. I'm going to get there. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, when you're empty, Paul writes to the Romans and he says something to the Romans in Romans chapter 15, 13. Listen to what he says. He says, may the hope, may, may, the, may the God of hope, may the God of what? May the God of hope, may the God of what? Hope. What, the, do what? Fill you with all the joy and the peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop here for a second. Listen to this. It's very important. May the God, this is Paul's desire to the church of Rome, and this is my desire for you today. You are listening to this message because this is my desire for you. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy you're missing. You're missing the joy, and I want God to fill you with it, with the peace, because you're going through a storm as you trust in Him. Now, if you don't trust in Him, you will not be filled with joy and peace. But if you want to be filled with joy and peace, you must trust in Him so that you may overflow. I need you to be overflowing. Listen, Young United, I need you to be over as your senior pastor, leadership, people that are working, musicians, ministers, campus leader. I need you to be overflowing because if you are not overflowing with hope, people are going to drain you and you're going to end up empty. So the only way to overflow is to trust and say, here I am, take me. I need you more than ever, Jesus. And when you say, Pastor, I already did that. I converted to Jesus Christ years ago. You're not getting it. It's not about converting. Jesus had that woman at hello. When he started to, he already had her. She could have walked away and said, ah, you're a Jew, forget about that. But he had her at hello. It's not about knowing that God exists. It's about the, just constantly saying, here I am, God, here I am. Take all of me. I need you to be overflowing with hope, but you need to trust in God. And listen to this. Pastor, and how do I get filled? I'm empty. How do I get filled? With the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's only one way to get filled up. How is that? With the power of the Holy Spirit. Pay attention because if you don't, you're going to miss out on it. Pastor, I feel sad lately. Pastor, I feel empty lately. Pastor, I feel I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Pastor, I feel that I'm in the wrong relationship. Pastor, I feel at work, man, I'm just bummed out. Pastor, um, I'm, I'm frustrated financially. Pastor, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me in ministry. Pastor, I don't know. I just don't, haven't found the right person in my life. Pastor, um, Pastor, right now in my spiritual walk, I know God wants something for me, but I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Yes, yes, to you, to you. Listen, listen, listen. You, the only way you fill this up is by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you fill it up. See, I wish right now I could do magic or something like that, and I could go, shh, 
and it would be really cool you get to see it filled up but I can't why because I'm not the Holy Spirit I'm just like you I pour myself into everybody that surrounds me so I'm really careful with this group I'm really careful I'm really careful with who I choose here on the second I'm not so careful on the third I'm less careful on the fourth I allow everybody but this careful this first line that second line I'm very careful who surrounds me why because I know I'm gonna run into this man I'm a pastor and I sometimes lack the filling of the Holy Spirit being a pastor <gasps> why would you say something like that pastor because I'm being honest because the Bible says the only way I get filled is with the power of the Holy Spirit but see I can't get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because I don't spend enough time with the Holy Spirit see these people got from you because you poured into them. What you need to do is that you need to go to the Holy Spirit if he's over here and say, Holy Spirit, you're a fountain of water, so I need you to fill me completely. That woman came to the well. That woman came to the well and she found Jesus. And she told Jesus in the well, Jesus, fill me up. If you have this living water, I want of it. You need to go to the well to be filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you praying? Do you have sexual intimacy with the Holy Spirit? What? What are you talking about, Pastor? Are you yoked with the Holy Spirit? Do you have an intimate, close relationship with the Holy Spirit? Tell me who you're yoked to and I will tell you what you have. Every time in my life that I have become dependent on my wife and only on my wife, I have failed her as a leader and as what God had called me to do. Every time I have become dependent on my wife, here I am and I'm dependent on her, what happens is that I think I could provide for my wife and for my kids for that fact or for my church leadership staff. I think I could provide what they need. And here's the problem. There's one point they're going to be too high for me or they're going to be too low for me. And it's going to mess me up because I don't have what I need. So I need to go to the well and I need to come to Jesus and say, Holy Spirit, here I am. Now Jesus, I don't know if you guys have seen him this past week at any well, but I have not seen him at any well this past week. But the Bible says that Jesus said, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to send the advocate so he will come to earth and he will be the Holy Spirit amongst you so now I don't go to Jesus what I do is I come to the Holy Spirit and I say Holy Spirit here I am and I have to have this intimacy with the Holy Spirit me and the Holy Spirit have got to become one we have to become united and I need to let him come through me pastor how do you do that well listen when I'm going to have sex what I do is the first thing I do is I get romantic and the second thing I do is that Mentally, I get prepared and the third thing that I do is, is I make it sure it's sexy and romantic and then at some point at some point I, I start taking off pieces of my clothes I might unbutton my pants I might unbutton my shirt it doesn't matter sometimes I don't go fully naked but sometimes I go partially naked and so those that are visiting like what what the heck's wrong with this guy listen to me listen to me see when you go to have sexual intimacy you go into this naked phase you go to this revealing phase when you're gonna have intimacy with the Holy Spirit you do exactly the same thing you go into this revealing phase pastor what do you do you stop being a hypocrite and you stop being prideful and you stop acting like you're really not you start being sincere because God knows you anyway why are you trying to hide from God you come to God and you kneel before him and you say God I know I'm messed up God I know I sinned God I know I was cussing last week God I know these thoughts in my head are ungodly God I know and you start talking to God the way you really are you open up your heart and you say God I had these sinful thoughts and with this mindset you come running to God and you say God here I am here I am God here I am here I am God take me now now watch watch this watch this watch this watch this 
I'm going to read this last verse. So, Pastor, you're saying I need to get close to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord, right? Yes. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Are you going through a heartache right now, guys? Anybody? Don't raise your head. The Lord is close to you. And he saves. He recovers. He helps. He brings into victory those that are crushed. Daka. Those that are dismantled. Here I am, Lord. Pastor, what are you saying? If you want to be yoked with the Holy Spirit, you need to break yourself down. If you want to be yoked, you need to, for some reason, it seems that the Holy Spirit resides when you become humble. The Bible says you humble yourself and He will glorify you. So when you break down, if you're hurting right now, if you're going through a tough time, if you want an answer on behalf of God, if you want direction on what to do next, no matter what it is, humble yourself before God, brokenness, and watch it happen. Here, I used an illustration this morning that wasn't necessarily part of this one. I'm going to use it here too again. And I'm going to end with this. See, this is how it works. The word Holy Spirit signifies wind. It's wind. And this is how it works. This is you. Okay, this is you. I'm going to make believe I'm God. I'm not God. I'm clear on that. I'm not trying to act like God. But just for an illustration purpose, I'm God. This is you. This is His Holy Spirit. Ready? Some of you are like this. This is you. This is God. You have felt God. But you have no relationship with Him. You have felt the Holy Spirit. You know, well, maybe, I don't know, I'm not too sure. You've turned away from Him. Phase two. There's some of you in another whole different phase. God, you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to accept you as my Savior and my, I want you to save me. If I die right now, I want to go to heaven, God. That's you speaking to God. I want to go to heaven, God. I want to accept you as my Savior. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He comes upon you. <gasps> God does this. You're my son now. You're my daughter. He takes the Holy Spirit and he goes. <gasps> and he puts it inside of you. Now you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You're like, oh, pastor, that's where I want to be. I want to be at this point where I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. Yes, I want to. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you need this right now worse than anything else in your life, no matter what you're doing today. Do not leave this room without having. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit within you and you die right now and you go to heaven, there is no testimony that you are a believer. Your dad, your mom could have said they were Christian. You could have thought you were Christian. I thought I was a Christian for many years but I had never received the Holy Spirit for salvation because I had really never given my life to God this is what's supposed to happen when you do that that's phase two but 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 there's not enough to those that already have this this is where you're supposed to be at father I want to read your word I want to serve I want to pray 
I want to fast and to all the servants here, to all the servants, to all of you right here. Yeah, Pastor, God, I, 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 I'm reading the Bible. I'm going to church faithfully. I'm putting God first in my life. Now you're full of the Holy Spirit. You only had a little bit of him. Now you're full of the Holy Spirit because you're doing godly things. And that's an awesome, beautiful phase to be at. That's a nice place that you should walk in. You should be in this place. You should, you should desire the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, how do I do that? With spiritual intimacy with God. No, 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 no. See, you do that when you're obedient to God. When you go into spiritual intimacy and you say, God, you and me alone. Here I am. I'm messed up. I don't have it in order. Help me, God. Help me. I want the water that doesn't run out I want to have enough to help those that surround me but sometimes I'm bearing by myself sometimes I feel empty I don't have the energy or the desire I want to but I can't help me then you need to go to phase four because it is phase three I want you to go to phase four and with this I'll end what is phase four pastor phase four is what this Bible verse says it's what that woman at the well did she broke down and she said yes I'm messed up it's what this Bible verse says it says you have to be broken hard and you have to be crushed doctor you have to break so you tell you God you say Holy Spirit come upon me I'm broken break me break me and flow through me more 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 and more and more and you say pastor what you do Spiritual intimacy is when you allow the Holy Spirit to break you as you are. So you're no longer who you were. It's when you say, God, here I am. You can't have intimacy with God to a whole different spiritual level until you break yourself down. You say, God, here I am. When you are broken, when you are broken, then God starts to use you. So if you're broken right now, you are closer to God using you than ever before. But pastor, if he breaks me, then I'm not functional. No, no, no. Actually, look what happens. Look what happens. You broken. God, Holy Spirit. You used to receive and retain. Now watch this. Now he flows through you. Now he flows through you. Now you're able to have that living water. 
for everybody because it's no longer you. You used to retain it. Now he's flowing through you to be able to fill out. So when you're investing in people the way I do, you're not exhausted because it's no longer you. Now it's God through you. He's just flowing through you. Your pastor, but I will never be the balloon I was. I will never be the same. No, that's the whole purpose. See, you will never look the same because they don't look the same. You will never do the same. You will never retain the same. And that's exactly it. You don't look like them. You don't act like them. You don't live like them. You have a radical change where you're in God's presence and you broke and you say, this was me and I used to retain and be limited and be exhausted. But when I came to God and I said, here you are, Jesus, take me and break me and fill me. I want to live for you. You were transformed to be what God has called you to be. And it's time for brokenness and it's time for change. It's time to say, God, help me. It's time to say, God, here I am. So, Pastor, what are you saying? If you want to be paired up with Jesus, if you want to be yoked with Jesus, you kind of got to look like Jesus. Pick up your cross. Be yoked with him and carry it. You may have to be whipped. If you would like to learn more about iChurch OKA Ministries, please visit our website at www.ichurchoka.com.